here want to say. Welcome to Woman Unplugged, a podcast of encouragement for today. Let's talk about the everyday matters of life, womanhood, motherhood, marriage, friendship, and more. We're all new to this thing called life. We've never done it before. Tune in to this podcast and be encouraged, inspired, restored, find new joy and purpose as you grow into the woman you are called to be. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is another episode of Woman Unplugged with Rosalie Elliott. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have a special guest I'd like to introduce to you today. Her name is Nicole Bloom. Well, I'm so excited that you're on this podcast with me, Nicole. Thank you so much for being here today. I would just love to hear a little bit about you first and for our listeners, just introduce yourself, if you will. Thank you so much for having me. I really love that you're doing this and putting this out there. My name's Nicole Bloom. I am 29 years old. I am a former teacher for special needs for elementary. I have experience in a children's hospital being the expressive art specialist. That's amazing. For patients, yeah, for, for patients with chronic illnesses that are unable to leave the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And I just left teaching last school year okay. to be a full-time life coach. And for anybody who doesn't know entirely what life coach means, it is a person who fills in the gap. Um, We create a bridge from where you are to where you want to be. And the difference between a life coach and a therapist is that a therapist usually creates some form of diagnosis. Um, They reflect a lot on the past, a lot on traumas. Life coaching experience um, is about who you are now and who you're trying to become. Mm-hmm. And it reflects on what's holding you back. And if it leads to trauma, that's okay. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. I personally love how in control the client of a coach is in. It's how they want, when they want. It's as personal or on the surface as they would like it to be. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of life coaches that specialize in something. Like there's a life and a work and balance coach. There's a nutrition coach. There's a confidence coach or maybe a business coach. My specialty and niche is in communication. How we communicate with ourselves internally and how we communicate with others externally. Wow, I love that, Nicole. I also love your name. I think the whole word blooming and bloom is very significant because I think at our core and who we were created to be, I think everyone, most most everyone, if not everyone, longs to bloom and thrive and try to figure out how to live a life that's beyond surviving. So what led you to want to become a life coach? What brought you to that field? I became a life coach because I myself have been in very difficult positions and circumstances. Mm-hmm. I've been through a lot of pain for for a young age in many different areas of life, almost all, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the fact that life coaching is what got me not only to survive, but to thrive, I'm a believer that everybody deserves to come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I feel that because I've personally been through it, it makes me not just a teacher of it, but it makes me, um, I'm not sure if I'm finding the right term at the moment, but it makes me your advocate. Right. No, that's the a very good that, term. Yeah, I do. I do yeah. agree with that. So I don't just know it, but I've felt it, I've experienced it, and that's why I feel like mm-hmm. I'm at such an advantage. It's just the, the growth is too wonderful to keep to myself. I live to give this to other people. Mm, I love that you use the word growth, because that, too, 
fit so well to the idea of blooming. I'm big on, you know, images, metaphors and those things. And so I like when things tie together. And I think that that is a beautiful way of saying that. And I agree with you. I think people long to be able to relate. It's one thing to have a lot of information you can pass on. It's another thing when you've lived it and uh, there's an element of empathy and it's empowering. I know from my own experience, when I have someone who has been in that area, they understand what it's like. It's, it's really comforting. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that you see the value in that and that you can put into practice different things. Like you said, the imagery and the metaphors, those are all different ways and elements of communication. Right, right. Sometimes we think it's just words that we say out loud, but there's so many factors that go into communication. Mm-hmm. Very true. Like what, for example, what do you think is a part of communication that people might not realize at times? I love that question. I feel that the most powerful form of communication is metaphoric language. Mm -hmm. The use and understanding of metaphors, because metaphors are the easiest thing for the brain to understand. Mm -hmm. So um, to go back, um, absolutely metaphoric language. Metaphoric language is a problem-solving skill. Mm -hmm. If we can see our problem differently, mm -hmm. then we're able to find the solution. Okay. And sometimes the problem doesn't have to be as heavy as it feels. So when you can put it into a metaphor, you can simplify it. It doesn't feel as heavy. It seems easier to solve and to handle, and it opens more possibilities and opportunities to overcome that. Interesting. I don't think I've ever thought of it like that because the type of person that I am and lately I've been studying the Enneagram quite a bit trying to learn about myself more and really come face to face with my strengths, weaknesses, my core desires and needs and really learn who God created me to be so I can not be stuck in the same cycles and patterns and grow, you know, and bloom, as you would say, to be who, who he made me to be and the person that, that he loves and that he, he wants um, in this world. And when I deal with some of those things, the good, the bad, and the ugly that are me, I um, at times really find myself struggling with feeling like some of these things are so heavy and so overwhelming. So that really resonates with me to, to think that metaphors can help me break that down and take the weight off of that a little bit. Absolutely. I love that. And I love your honesty and transparency when speaking what you believe and why. Mm -hmm. I love how you mentioned about who you are that God made you to be mm -hmm. and the fact that you want to honor that and live that. And sometimes circumstances or situations can approach us or become part of our reality that we feel might drift us from that gift that God gave us. Mm -hmm. And touching on that subject, I try and, and get everyone to view it as a way of living this life that God gave us mm -hmm. and knowing that everything that's part of this earth and that's part of this life was created by God. Mm -hmm. And Learning about yourself and learning to love yourself is learning and loving God. I love that. Say that one. Can you say that one more time? Um, learning and loving yourself is learning and loving God. I love that. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly because that is even one of the things that goes that goes along the lines of one of those things that I've been of reading about as I've been studying Uh, my personality type and the Enneagram, where one of the authors said something along those lines, or he said, people are stuck in patterns and they keep doing things that worked for them as children to survive, but they are no longer working now that they are adults. But people don't question the lens that they look at the world through. They don't question how they view reality. And so they're stuck in these patterns, making the same mistakes. And you could have people that have studied God and theology all their lives. And I, I love that because I too studied theology. I really love the Lord. I want to please him and, and, and fulfill who he made me to be, like I said, but be people will study those things, but they don't deal with who they are, who they were made to be. And then you find these 
yeah, pastors or, or highly intelligent, educated men and women who then fall and struggle with craziest things, right? And for the rest of everybody else, it's like, wow, I can't believe that they did this. I can't believe they, they you know, fell in this area or are struggling with this. But a lot of times it's because they studied everything else around them, but not themselves. So absolutely, I think you and are that's right. the gift that God gave us. Yeah. Is ourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Nobody would give you a gift that loves you that is really a gift for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's to experience it together. What do we do yeah. with other people that we love? Our brothers and sisters, our family. Just yeah. know me and love me. Yes. Oh, Nicole Bloom, I love that. I think that is so <laughs> spot on. I'm serious. I'm excited because that's so, so true. The other day I was uh, talking to a friend. I don't even remember who right now. And something along those lines was said that I think... Even God longs for us to just have a relationship with him, you know? God wants us to draw near to him, to have a relationship. Like you said, like family, like friends, where we just long to be with that person that we love and we long for them to love themselves. If I love someone and they're beating themselves up, that that hurts me because I see their value, I see their beauty. Um, And ironically, my husband and I were just talking about this last night where I was pretty downcast and I felt very much less than in regards to certain things. And he he almost got upset, not angry at me per se, but he almost got he got very passionate about the fact that he didn't like that I was referring to myself like that. And he said, mm-hmm. I don't like when you call yourself this or that because I love you and I know that's not who you are. And so mm-hmm. in the same sense, if if God sees us beating ourselves up, not dealing with who we are, who we were made to be, um, not being kind to ourselves or one another. I'm, I can only imagine that would break his heart because he poured so much love into us as he made us. You know, like when we paint or create something, we, we love that thing. Or our children, like my little one in the background. <laughs> we want them to love themselves. So I think you are so right. That is so beautiful. And I love the reference that you just made about that and how... You referenced how we care about each other and we see the value in one another. And sometimes we can hurt each other by hurting ourselves. Mm. And I think that to to tread over these last couple minutes, I think that having a relationship with God is the most beautiful relationship that one can have. Yes. Because God is somebody you know and love that is everywhere with you. It's the one relationship that you can feel anywhere, in anyone, in any place, in anything. And so it's so incredible to have that constant love and presence. And I really love that you mentioned how we can be frustrated and be down on ourselves. And what makes it worse is that we get upset at ourselves Mm -hmm. because we feel that we have this this duty and this calling to love this life and this gift and when we don't not only are we upset but then we become upset at ourselves and it makes it even harder right. to come back out of yes. moments it's like a cycle but a way that you can look at it and coincidentally i am creating this course right now an online virtual life coaching course mm-hmm. on ego versus soul Ooh, interesting and those moments that we have of unease, of doubt, of lack of power, lack of control, that is ego. Mm-hmm. That's the physical. Because the way that I view it is we're soul beings experiencing a physical life. Yes. And so think of it almost as your, maybe your daughter, maybe a pet maybe your son, maybe. So our animals, the physical being of an animal, which is purely instinct, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Animals are always on survival mode because we're the intellectual beings. Right. Your animal that loves you just wants to protect you and make sure you're okay. Mm -hmm. And so ego is very protective, very defensive, very dominant, just wants to protect, no questions asked, sees black and white. Right. Your soul is intuition, is intuitive. Your soul is passionate and kind. Your soul focuses on being, mm-hmm. while the ego focuses on becoming. Mm. So if we're not satisfying the ego, it gets upset. 
and it starts throwing thoughts in our mind like we're not good enough we're not this and if it puts us in that negative place not only will it be active in our mind but it'll push you to get what it wants Mm. when the soul is perfectly happy with being with what is with right now oh wow you know that's interesting that you say that because i just had uh, my older daughter do a little exercise the other day. She had gotten in trouble at school about a few things, and I had her write down uh, a few times the phrase, I will I will do my best, because, you know, I wanted a little consequence for her, for her to just do something that is not necessarily so fun, <laughs> um, but that would, you know, give her a message, that something that she can start telling herself, because I've been trying to practice with her um, when we talk about her day or what she did or didn't do. I want to practice with her to really be the best that she can be. And then I would ask her questions or I would tell her whenever you're faced with a decision, ask yourself, is this, is this honoring God? Is this something that is right? And is it honoring myself? Um, you know, is this something that I have peace in my heart about? Um, and if I don't, then, you know, I don't want to do it no matter if my other friends are doing it or if someone tells me to, to, to do it. And so I had her write the sentence down. I will do my best. And like three, four sentences into it, she goes, Mom, I think I should write, I will be my best. And I, I was already emotional because I was watching an emotional TV wow, show. Wonderful. I almost started crying and I was like, Lena, that is actually, that is the point. That is so much better. Not doing, but being because you were created to be and that. you gave her that opportunity to inspire that thought. Wow. You gave her the opportunity to feel that because of the positive language and positive habits that you're instilling in her. That's really incredible. I love that you're mentioning positive habits, mm-hmm. mindfulness, gratitude, and serving a purpose. Yes. You know, that's so sweet of you to put it like that, because when it comes to good moments with my child, I can't really take a lot of credit because I feel like some days I'm just, you know, keeping them alive. Other days I'm trying to get them to thrive. And some days I feel like I'm doing good. Other days it's like, oh, Lord, please help me. And uh, in moments like this, you know, and I get all teary eyed because she said something so wise for her six and a half years. Um, I I'm proud of her and I'm, you know, so thankful for that. But I I don't really think in those terms a lot of times like, oh, look, Rosalie, you did a good job. You created you created that opportunity for her to explore this. I, 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 I don't really, I think that's, I wonder how many people struggle with that, but on a day-to-day basis, there are a lot of times where I won't think on those terms because I'm not necessarily focusing on, on blooming so much, but I'm just like trying to make it. And then the thoughts that go along with that are not always as self-affirming, if you will. So for you to say that even means a lot to me because I hadn't thought of that like that at all, actually. I'm so glad. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you put everything into perspective, to see it differently and feel it differently and to celebrate you and the way that you're living your life. And I love how you mentioned that every day is different. Even though you have the same goal and Mm -hmm. the same purpose and the same passions, Mm -hmm. every day is different. And the most fulfilled and successful people in life mm-hmm. are slow motion multitaskers oh that's interesting what do you mean by that so slow motion multitasking means not doing many things very quickly mm-hmm. but doing few things over time interesting so you're doing many different things you're trying to keep a healthy diet you're trying to instill goodness and force a force for good you're trying to work on blooming you're trying to work on your family some days on you what you feel that day is what you work on mm-hmm. and when you feel something else calling your attention then give that all of your attention but it doesn't necessarily mean doing it everything in every day it's breaking it up as you feel it and mm-hmm. giving that flow of those waves of creativity and calling and inspiration Mm -hmm. and giving it the attention when it calls you because when it's forced it won't be there either way Mm -hmm. so I love that you said some days I do this some days I do that and sometimes we're hard on ourselves because we think we're supposed to do everything all the time that is very true oh girl I feel like that is so true these false yeah, expectations so you're doing a, even better than you think by admitting that you know what i do things at a pace and when i feel them but i give it my all and that's what's important hmm. 
That's so interesting that you use that wording to give it your all. That's also um, along the lines of something my husband was saying last night when he was telling me not to speak these words over myself. And he also said, you know, as a, someone who is into to fitness and as an athlete, that's something that his coaches would, you know, say, like, you either show up or you shut up, you know, like, give yeah, it your all. Yeah. And when he said that, I was struggling at first because I was like, man, but as the type of person that I am, a lot of times... <laughs> I feel like, well, if I'm not giving 100%, and in my mind I have a, this unrealistic idea of what 100% looks like, then I might as well, you know, just shut up because it's never going to be, you know, this perfect 100%. But I think something that I need to learn is that 100% can look different in different situations, you know. I have unrealistic expectations sometimes in what, what that 100% entails. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And you know what I love about that as well is even if some days we're at 75%, mm -hmm. any percent is better than zero. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I think the fact that we're giving what we can when we can, mm -hmm. because sometimes the physical is feeling something that we can't explain. Right. And we have to let ourselves feel and let ourselves be. And if we want to continue to have fuel, emotional fuel, mm -hmm. we need to refill. We need to fill up. Yeah. And sometimes that's silence. Sometimes that's sitting on the couch and watching something that makes you laugh. Sometimes it's playing with your animals or your children. We can't explain why we do everything we're constantly making decisions moment to moment do i do it or do i not right what does it mean what doesn't it mean right and sometimes the things that we also can't explain are okay hmm, i like that a lot i like that a lot speaking of um communication since that's your your niche and your um field of expertise there's a couple of things that I'd like to ask you and see what, what you might have um, in mind or, in, you know, thoughts that you might have, um, not only for myself, but for anyone listening. Um, what are your thoughts on how we communicate with ourselves? And what I mean by that is, like I mentioned or touched on earlier, you know, there's a lot of times that I struggle in my mind, um, either through feelings of inadequacy when it comes to the person that I am or the things that I do, or, you know, comparison. We've personally touched on that a little bit before in the past you know those those ideas of what what we're supposed to look like and the struggle with that um and I feel like that's how I sometimes communicate with myself and I know that that's not good but sometimes I have a hard time breaking out of that the communication with myself the, the voices in the voices in my head sounds like I hear voices I don't mean that <laughs> but you know what I mean you know what are what are your thoughts on that I absolutely love the way that you presented the question. I love that you gave the examples of sometimes there's these voices that don't make me feel very good or make me feel inadequate or uncertain. And we can be very hard on ourselves. In, com in, in reference to communication with yourself, we are sometimes out of alignment. And what I mean by that is we are run by invisible forces. Invisible forces are your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts lead to your decisions. Right. And based upon what you decide depends on your actions. Right. And so ultimately, our decisions shape our destiny. It shapes in which direction we go. Right. Now, what influences our thoughts, which are constantly running through our mind, First and foremost, your brain is a muscle. Mm -hmm. If we, it's constantly running, constantly working, it's alive. So if we don't put our focus, if we don't put our brain to focus, it will run on autopilot. Interesting. And what's autopilot? Mm -hmm. Autopilot is survival mode. Okay. Your brain will start to remind you of everything that has hurt you to make sure that you're prepared for it to not happen again. And haven't you ever been driving or doing something and you're not really engaged, you're not paying attention to your thoughts, and you're like, why am I thinking about something that hurt me three years ago? I was just happy two seconds ago. Where, where did this come from? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, all the time, I think. <laughs> and then we get hard on ourselves and we say, oh, 
it must mean that I'm not over it. It must mean that I'm not strong enough. It must mean that I have not overcome this. Mm. But it's false because we are not our thoughts. To make something more than a thought is up to us. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. And so we can think something and brush it off and say, oh, why am I thinking about this? This is silly. I want to feel good, so I want to think about this. Mm-hmm. It's redirection. It's becoming aware. The ego has no power the second you know it's your ego. Interesting. It diminishes. Yeah. But when we don't think something's our ego and we think it's us, we continue to look at the surface of the thoughts and the sentences that disempower us instead of looking beneath it and saying, you know what, where did this thought come from? Where did this idea come from? Did it come from me? Did it come from Instagram? Did it come from a commercial when I was 10? What made me think this thought in this way? Mm -hmm. So now because you're able to ask yourself new questions, you get new answers. Wow, Nicole, that is so profound. Because you ask yourself new questions, you get new answers. That, I think, is like revolutionary because I think a lot of times we get stuck or I get stuck in this rut because I keep asking myself the same questions, hoping for a different outcome. And I remember learning like that's the what the definition of insanity, right? You keep doing the same thing, hoping for this different outcome. But I've never really thought about that in regards to our thoughts. Absolutely, that's the foundation. That's where it all begins. But sometimes a thought can run so quickly through our minds, we we didn't even catch where it came from. Right, or or we don't think what we're we don't think about what we're thinking about. Like I, I sometimes oh, too many times I'm like on autopilot, and then I get stuck and I start thinking things. Um, say for example, like insecurities, right? And I don't think a lot of times I slow down long enough to think about what I'm thinking about and then to realize, okay, I'm starting to compare. Let's be really honest. I'm going to be really vulnerable here. Right. But like, say for example, physical appearance, right. Or breast size. Right. And I don't really start actively thinking where this thought came from. I just start dwelling on that. And then I either try to forcefully kick it out. Oh, I shouldn't think that that's wrong. Or I try to run away from this fear um, of, you know, am I beautiful enough? Do I look good enough that I don't slow down long enough to then realize that, oh, this thought came because I was scrolling through Instagram and Instagram is a great tool, but also full of crap. Sometimes (laughs) all these filters and all these commercials that then subconsciously throw pictures into my head and reinforce a lie that maybe I picked up on when I was say 10, like you gave as an example. And I'm not slowing down long enough to realize that's where all this is coming from. Does that make sense? Absolutely it does. And and I am guilty of that as well. And we'll save this for another, maybe another talk, which would be great. Um, and I'll tread lightly and then jump back into the drawers of our mind. Mm-hmm. But speaking of that, I love how you referred to are, are my boobs big enough? Is my hair pretty enough? Is my skin smooth enough to create a video or to take a picture and post right, it? Right, right. I just removed my implants of 10 years. Wow. And I want to say it's the most powerful thing I've ever done. Really? It was only four weeks ago, maybe five. And I feel free. I feel free from being something that I'm not. I love the opportunity to love myself in a new way. Take negative emotions as opportunities. Every negative thought, every negative emotion is a message. It's saying, change something or change the way you feel about it. Hmm. But if we don't listen to the message and we dwell on the emotion in that moment, We don't receive the value from it. Mm. So your mind has drawers. There are junk drawers. There are bill drawers. It's full of everything. So what happens is over time, we go filling and filling and filling in these drawers with new ideas, new thoughts, new meaning, new experiences. But we don't declutter them. 
Mm. We don't go in our mind and toss out a thought that no longer serves us. Yeah. And so now and again, we come across the thought and we think that we have to keep it, that it's part of us. Mm. It must be there because it's real. But yeah. our beliefs are like a blueprint, like an architecture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's the bones of the structure. It's the layout of what the structure is going to be and how and why. It has mm-hmm. to all make sense. Mm-hmm. We create blueprints around third or fourth grade when we start to discover identity. We create what life should be like. Mm-hmm. But what happens with that blueprint? A house of beliefs that I created when I was nine or ten is not the size or house I may want to live in right now. Mm-hmm. I might have outgrown that house. I might have wanted to use different kinds of pillars in different ways. And so if we don't update those beliefs, what happens is we start to create new ones that contradict the old ones. Mm-hmm. And so we don't understand why our life is not aligned, why it's not working out, but it's because we're almost going against our beliefs without realizing we have to update them. We have to toss some, reinforce others, and bring in new ones that serve us. But what happens is we need to have honest conversations with ourselves. And a lot of times we don't want to have that conversation because we don't know what that conversation is going to be like. Yeah, it's we're, scary. We're afraid of the new answers. We're afraid of what something might really mean to us. Mm-hmm. We're afraid that we may be someone different and different scares us. That's true. Yes. So if you want to be able to really have a positive influence and positive perspective and positive power over your thoughts and emotions, it's looking at the way you think life should be and why. Mm -hmm. And everything else doesn't apply to you. Hmm. We have to not accept it, right? Yeah. You said earlier that when we have these thoughts, we can, or we need to, you know, have that honest conversation and look at either let it, what is that, say, for example, those negative messages, what is that trying to teach me? Or what am I supposed to do about it? And I'll give you a perfect example when you're done, if you like. No, yes, I'd love to hear it um, because that's where I find myself sometimes struggling is, for one, this first step, even thinking about what I'm thinking about, right? Being aware of where these thoughts are coming from and assessing what the message is. But then the part that I struggle is that I often will lean towards what do I need to do about it? And I'll try to jump up and go do something. I'll try to fix it. Um, But I know that that's not always helpful so for example in, in that with that topic of the physical appearance or the size of breasts right to then my mind will then want to jump and go okay well i'm not even going to deal with the message and what i'm supposed to learn from this i'm going to deal with what i can do about it so what can i do about it do i look into surgery do i work out some more and try to change somehow my physical appearance and this is just an example one of many 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 but just for the sake of this example i'll often lean towards the what can i do about it part and I don't Absolutely. know if it's always healthy. I love healthy. the detail of that thought. I love that you dug deeper and you thought, okay, so if I do have this negative thought about that, what can I do about it? Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes when we're feeling an emotion and we don't truly know what the emotion is or where it came from, it tends to show up in different ideas or different things. Okay. So first... I would recommend to think about that which you're feeling insecure and question if it's just that, if it's something else, Mm -hmm. what else could feeling insecure about that mean to you? And something that you could, a message you could take from it is, okay, I either have to love them, choose to love them, as they are, because I want to feel love for that part of my body. Right. So what's stopping me? I haven't decided to. Mm. I've been on the fence. Do I love them or do I not love them? Mm-hmm. If lo- Does loving them mean that I'm not good enough? Does not loving them mean that I'm not good enough? Mm. So you see it that way based on what? Comparison, 
based on society, based on what's considered normal or beautiful. Right. And let's say you choose, you know what? I've not liked them because of what other people think. Right. Of what's around me, but I love them. Mm-hmm. Then that's the right decision for you. Right. Now, let's say that, you know what? I did wish they looked a little different. You know what? Another answer is that I would recommend mm-hmm. to, to explore, not to do, but to explore because you hold the answers. I, as a coach, help you to discover them, help you to unfold them. Mm-hmm. So another perspective you could take on is how do I present myself in that manner? Mm -hmm. Am I giving attention toward feeling beautiful in that area? Mm -hmm. It could be as simple as buying new bras, putting necklaces that go a little bit between them. You know, the way that you envision beauty as far as fashion. Fashion can also... You know, little things like that, like where you try and look on the outside, how you feel on the inside is a real thing. It's not to be superficial, mm-hmm. but it's true because it's a form of self-expression. Right, right. What's inside comes out, basically. Exactly. And so me, after 10 years, I'm looking around and realizing that one, I never thought that they complimented me or suited me. I actually regret it two days later. And wow. I kept them for 10 years. Wow. But I realized as I became more mindful, I became more clear. I was able to learn to speak to myself instead of distract myself. I learned the difference between having them and not having them. What's beautiful and what's not. Right, right. I did not act like I had something to be beautiful. Before you mean? Uh, while I even had them. Okay, okay. Before and during, Uh I thought having would make me beautiful, Mm. but I felt no different. Mm -hmm. Because it was in the inside, I guess, huh? It was in the inside, and also, there were things that I could have done externally to help me feel that way that I didn't know at the time. Mm -hmm. How I dressed myself, it was not just that part of my body. But it was all of me. How was I dressing? Was I dressing true to myself? I wasn't doing my hair. I wasn't doing my makeup. I wasn't doing... And I kept having excuses and and blaming parts of my body for why I wouldn't do that. And I had to have an honest conversation with myself and say, why even after doing something I thought I needed to be beautiful, am I still not feeling beautiful? Am I still not dressing up and, and showing off my body? And it's because I feared being beautiful. Wow. But why would we fear that? I feared being beautiful because I feared losing myself. Hmm. Because I see so many people that put being beautiful at the top of their priorities. Mm -hmm. And they're not happy. And they're, they're constantly worried about what they're buying and what they're wearing and their makeup and this and that. And... I see it as so much time and energy and discomfort. Mm-hmm. I thought that I wasn't beautiful, but I didn't want to be beautiful. Mm. And when I had that honest conversation about why am I not doing it, I didn't want to to begin with. And so I was getting upset at myself for years and years about why I was not good enough when I had a different agenda. I just had different priorities. I had different passions. That hour it takes to put on that makeup and do all that stuff. I wanted to spend that hour in my patio with a coffee and playing with my cats and planting new pots in the house. Mm -hmm. It was not my capability. It was my willingness. Wow. It was not my capability, but my willingness. Nicole, that is so profound because I think that, for one, I know for a fact that I often don't ask myself these really hard questions but I think that there are so many other men and women, both even men a lot of times, who don't ask themselves these questions. Um, and again, like I said before, you know, the, the, my example with the physical appearance is just one of many things I know that people might struggle with when it comes to who they are, what they do, what they're accomplishing in life. And if I'm honest with you, even again, being just vulnerable in this uh, conversation, I wouldn't want to, for one, not have to spend that much money, but also wouldn't want to have to undergo surgery um, because 
I think you're right. I don't think it would make me happy. I think I've just been so caught up with that idea of what am I supposed to look like? What is what is beauty? But if I'm honest, I think a lot of the times it has been, like you said, an underlying fear, um, maybe of not being enough as I am or a fear of being abandoned and left if I don't look a certain way. And it's not that anyone is giving me that message. I know my husband loves me as I am, and he would probably not even want me to do such a surgery. A lot of the times there's this underlying fear of rejection or abandonment if I am not perfect. And then this false idea of what perfection looks like. Yep, absolutely. I love that your husband supports you. I love that you have, you've dated the idea of having or not having. Right. And personally having them, um, it, uh, again, the fact that it, it made no difference, but if you go back in time mm-hmm. to times, simpler times of, let's give the example of cavemen almost, right? <laughs> yeah. Where there was no fashion, there was no status, nothing of that sort. I've read studies on how men are actually more attracted to natural. Not all men, but it's instinctive to be attracted to somebody who not only looks healthy, which is natural. Right. Because unnatural gives off the impression that there's something wrong. And so when you are confident and you are natural, you not only attract the opposite sex but natural looks the best Mm -hmm. it is the most complimenting Mm -hmm. because it's the way that life intended it to be yeah like who you were created to be back to what we were saying at first it always looks the best yeah i've looked i've done so much searching you know before i i made this decision of people who have changed and what happens is changing yourself my personal opinion outside of being a coach to me reflects a weakness mm-hmm. and natural and strong is what's sexy, is what's appealing is what's worthy of the attention of another because what happens too when with the studies showing mm-hmm. of relationships of people who are models and and they fix their back end, they fix their front end, they're doing Botox, they changing, they're getting hair plugs, they're doing all these things. What happens? They're not working internally and internally is struggling to survive. Mm-hmm. And so when they're in a relationship they bring their partner into the struggle with them. They depend on on their partner to fix their problems because they want to look like they're worthy of being fixed. Instead of understanding and believing that they can fix themselves. And and we get caught up because we see that looks get attention. But that's all it is. There's nothing past attention. And I think that that's really something that everyone should deal with because again the physical appearance part is one example for many women it's not only the physical appearance or different body parts that they want to change a lot of times it's maybe what they're doing what they're accomplishing in life how much money they're making the car they're driving the size of the house you know like there's all this all these ideas when it comes to our identity who we're supposed to be what we're supposed to look like And I feel like what you're saying touches on any of those aspects of life, I feel, because we don't ask ourselves those honest questions. Why do I think I have to have this certain job? Is this who I was created to be? Because it might not be a job that suits me, right? It might not be at all what I was called to do, but I think that that's what success looks like. Or does that make sense? I'd love to know why everybody does all these silly things to themselves. Why? To do something that they can literally do with none of that. And everybody does it for the same reason. Mm-hmm. They do it to be loved. Yes. That's why we're on this earth. To connect and to love and be loved in return. 
Mm-hmm. And, and the people that are working the job they hate, not enjoying life for years and years to become a millionaire, why? Oh, so that, so that I can be worthy. Worthy of what? Worthy of somebody to be with me. Why do you need them to be with you? Because I want to be loved and I want to love somebody. Why are you getting all this bold talks and doing all these things to yourself? Oh, I want someone to notice me. Why do you want them to notice me? I want them to love me. Mm. If you break down why we do all these things, we're doing all these things for something that we are capable of achieving today for zero dollars and zero cents. Yeah. And I think that we, society is a marketplace. Society sells us on the idea that we won't be loved or understood if we don't do A, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important to explore personal development, to explore at some point in your life, having a life coach, an advocate, somebody who believes in what you're trying to achieve and knows what it looks like to help you discover it. Because when we can look at who we are, learn to love who we are, learn to love others and be present in the moment, we have won at life. Man. Oh, sweet woman. You are so full of grace. I mean, you're going to have me crying here in a second. The way you speak is so, so loving and so gentle. And it's almost like, no, I'm going to start crying for real. <laughs> it's oh, almost like, you're no, really, like, I think that God talks to us like that more than we realize with so much love and so gentle. And a lot of the times... You know, we, we don't talk to ourselves like that. We don't talk to each other like that. And, and I'd argue a lot of times we don't talk to others like that because we don't talk to ourselves kindly. And you speak with so much grace and kindness that it ministers to my soul because those are hard questions to ask. Those are hard conversations to have with ourselves. But I think you're right. It boils down to wanting to be loved in. And as a, as a Christian, as someone who believes in Jesus and, and loves him, I know that he loved us first. I know that God loves us, but on a day-to-day basis, sometimes, you know, we forget that so easily that we already are loved, that we already have that, that it's already here, um, and that we can be... We're here because we're worthy. Yes. Yeah. I'm so happy that you were able to to feel deeply everything that I've had to say. I, I feel such a great connection with you, and... I'm so proud of you and and I'm so happy for you. The fact that you're not settling for less than everything that, that you desire and that you deserve and that you're putting love first and that you're seeking God and connection and vulnerability, all the things that God put us on this earth to feel. Yes. And I'm so, so looking forward to continuing to connect, to continuing to dive into the challenges of life that we constantly are facing and growth it doesn't come easy even good change good growth is painful yes true. there's always growing pains yeah and i love so much that we got to talk today about communication about the, the idea of blooming and about how we can all relate so much together and within one another and that we were able to to discover things in in this banter i learned from you and you learned from me and hopefully other people were able to learn something today you learned one new thing it was worth it yes oh i definitely learned you said some very profound things and I think that there's some great takeaways here, you know, homework, if you will. That's the teacher in, in, in me, I guess, teacher in both of us, you know. I like <laughs> I like being able to have takeaways um, because you're right, growth is hard. And I think what we don't understand or what people try to skip over is that the hard part is then putting it into practice and doing so over and over again until it becomes habits and lifestyles and until we change our thinking. I've got some really great takeaways from this conversation today that I want to put in practice. And for those who are listening, um, Nicole Bloom, where can people find you? I would love for people to connect with you, to reach out to you, to get life coaching from you. How can how can they reach you? Thank you so much for this opportunity and for allowing me to share where they can find me. I am on Instagram. My handle is Nicole Life Coach. 
My Facebook is Life Coach Nicole Bloom, and I actually have a free mini course right now on how to love life. Oh, I love that. And you can find that on letsbloom.teachable.com. And there I'm going to continue to offer courses, virtual life coaching courses, where you can learn about these various topics on self-confidence, on business, on relationships, on communication internally. I'm going to be giving everyone an opportunity to coach from anywhere at any time so that growth is always available to them. I love that. Awesome. Well, listeners, you heard it. Go check it out. Nicole has some awesome content, such encouraging messages. I follow her and she shares some amazing and insightful things. And Nicole, thank you so much for spending the time today to talk to me. You really ministered to my heart. Thank you for speaking life into me and for helping me bloom today because I feel like you really did. Thank you so much. It, honestly, it made my day just to live my purpose today with you. And I'm so, so happy for you. And I really did take a lot from this heartfelt conversation too i'm so excited to continue to explore your purpose thank you so much i'll talk to you soon talk to you soon thank you so much friends for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this podcast episode of woman unplugged feel free to leave a review share it with your friends and have a great day